0: Good evening, degenerates. We are here once again for your Week Four recap. I am joined, as always, by your commissioner, Mr. Eric Defusco. How are you doing tonight,
1: Eric? I'm doing pretty damn well. So, real quick, even rarer than a Bigfoot sighting, you know what? You know what's even rarer than that? Me actually having a successful boom bust week. <laughs> it took a while, but I finally pulled one out last week. Not bad, not
0: bad. It only took a quarter of a season. Uh, we are also joined, as always, by our co-host Mr. Steve Sampson. How you doing, Steve?
2: Good, Brian, and uh, I was figuring Eric was gonna say he was on time for something, but
0: <laughs> he wouldn't lie to the people like that i I mean he might you never know
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right so, successful uh, boom
2: bust nothing yeah,
0: I'm more impressed by the boom bust to be honest. Uh, <laughs> All right, so, obviously, uh, we have our Boom Bust players to recap, so we might as well get right into it.
1: The Boom Bust Recap.
0: So, I mean, I might as well go first, because I'm sure I did worse than anybody else in the world. So, uh, I went 0-3 on booms, and I went... One and three on bus. Pretty stellar week. Awesome, I know. So, uh. boom quarterback. Mr. Gardner Minshew missed it by one freaking spot. Finished ninth on the week. Ninth. Okay? Terrible. I'm so mad. He was so close. And that game did become quite a shootout. I thought for sure he had it. My... Boom running back, Mr. Miles Gaskin, seriously let me down. Not, a, not nearly as much receiving work as I had previously thought. He ended up finishing running back 35 on the week. Sticking with my Cincinnati-Jacksonville shootout, I picked Tyler Boyd to boom, and he finished wide receiver 23. Didn't kill you, still a wide receiver too, but not a boom. And my boom tight end didn't even play. So, N.A., that makes me 0-3. Bust quarterback, Deshaun Watson, finished 10th. Damn near fell out of that top 12. Couldn't do it, though. Oh, well. Against that soft Minnesota defense, dude. That fucking game cost Bill O'Brien his job. <laughs> um, My bust running back was Joe Mixon. Obviously, I got that right. I mean, terrible day for him. Awful. Only like 45 fantasy points. Uh, finished running back number one on the week possibly the best running back performance we're going to see all season it was like that kind of game three touchdowns million miles of work it was uh kind of ridiculous so oh well got one wrong (laughs) I'm used to it um my bust wide receiver was Terry McLaurin Dwayne Haskins was fucking awful I I I hit that a hundred percent to the point where he's now being benched but F1 still got his. Still got his. That's why you can never bench him. You know, uh, he he's going to he's going to have some bad weeks where his quarterback just lets him down, but you got to ride it out because he is so freaking talented. And uh he showed you why on Sunday. And my bust tight end was Mr. Hunter Henry, and he was completely irrelevant. I couldn't even find him in the top 50. <laughs> so I don't know where he finished on the week. I just know he was nowhere fucking near the top 12. So there you have it. Uh, that was the boom bust, and I did awful. However, my Cosby's Deep Sleeper, Mr. LaVisca Chenault, finished with 14.1 fantasy points for under 4500 bucks. Love it. Boom. Nailed it, okay. Uh, my Samson's deep flex play, not so much. Eight and a half fantasy points. Got to get at least ten if you're if you're if you're looking for that that deep flex play. You got to get at least ten. Any any Joe schmo off the fucking bench can get you eight. Sorry, I I missed it. I hope you guys didn't listen to me. I listened to me and it sucked.
2: <laughs> uh, Steve, why don't you give us your boom bust? All right, so just like you. Derek Carr was my boom quarterback, finished number 11, just missed it. But uh, he was the number 27 quarterback going into the week, so I am taking a victory lap for his performance, even though it wasn't inside the top eight. Uh, My running back was Henderson. We won't even talk about that. He's (laughs) down in the list with uh, Hunter Henry, I think. Page four, page five, something like that. (laughs) Uh, Jarvis Landry was my boom wide receiver And with a passing touchdown To Odell Beckham Jr. Slides right into the number 19 spot So that's a win for me Uh, My only win in the booms Mm, And my boom tight end Was Jordan Aikens And he finished as a number 21 tight end So right where he was projected to finish Is where he finished But On the busts I nailed them all. Four for four on the bus. Kyler Murray, bus quarterback, finished at number 12. Looked horrendous for three quarters. Finally got some rushing work, but uh, still number 12. Mr. Sanders was my bust running back against San Francisco. He finished as the number 32 running back. That is definitely a bust. My bus wide receiver was Keenan Allen. And he finished as the number thirty wide receiver last week. And my bus tight end was Tyler Higby, and he finished out as the number twenty nine tight end. So my bus four for four, Booms one for four. So five and three on the week, same as last week. So doing a little bit better than Brian. Probably not as good as uh, Eric. Eric. Eric was deadly. Yeah, finally but i think i'm still winning for the for the year. uh yeah, it was me for a change.
0: Yeah. So, speaking of uh of winning for the year, the criteria for for boom running backs and wide receivers is to finish in the top 15. Oh, uh, we were doing top 20. No, the to pick somebody outside the top 20 that will finish in the top 15, for bust it's somebody inside the top 15 that will finish outside the top 20.
2: All right. Well then I'm Four and four. So, uh, my Cosby's sleeper then was Chris Thompson, and he was absolutely a waste of money. Hopefully, you didn't (laughs) play him. And my uh, pitched a good old goose. Yeah. No, I I don't even think they knew he was on the field. I know I didn't. And then nobody did. Yeah. (laughs) I think he went to the wrong stadium. It had to have been all year, he's been going to the wrong stadium. So my Samson's deep flex play was Preston Williams, and he also went to the wrong stadium. But I think he put up eight points. That's not what you're looking for out of your flex play. He ended up as the number 34 wide receiver last week. So that was uh, that also was not good. So, Eric, how'd you finish? So I think out of the three of us, I may have had the
1: most successful week. Um, Let me kick it off with the booms. I went three and one. Uh, Mr. Fitzmagic, quarterback 10 simply. He's probably further down in my rankings, but yeah, Fitzpatrick did not. Uh, he didn't, he didn't have an awful game. He wasn't shits, Patrick, <laughs> but he wasn't Fitzmagic. magic, but I had Rojo and I have him as RB 12. He actually had a pretty damn good game for not even scoring a touchdown. Um, Mr. Odell Beckham junior finished as the wide receiver one. He completely took a shit on the Cowboys' secondary all game long, even running. They were just like, yeah, trick plays, throwing quick slants on the on the goal line. And they were like, yeah, let's give him an end around, see what happens. Fifty yards gone. I mean, he just he had a he had a failed day. Anybody who played him in DFS must have been pretty proud. And I uh, for my tight end, I had Dalton Schultz, who finished as tight end four. Schultz looks like he's going to be a pretty good part of that offense, and he's. You know, I I think he's slowly solidifying himself as an every week tight end starter, Um, especially in that offense with the points they're scoring, and and there's plenty to go around. I mean, last week, yeah, between Schultz, Cooper, and uh, Lamb, like you had three pretty fantasy viable players that actually put up really good numbers. Onto my bust list, I went two, one, and one uh my bus quarterback was cam newton and literally the next day they came out and said that he had covid so he didn't even play so uh that's a push they they must have heard your prediction <laughs> yeah they must have um <laughs> okay. busted him right in the fucking coronavirus pretty much yeah Be- belichick was listening um,
0: like eric-, eric says what bench his ass yeah.
1: It's a full moon this week. He always picks right the good picks this week. He's like the <laughs> werewolf of predictions. Oh, shit. Um, All right. So at running back, I had Kenyon Drake. I said, even though he had a favorable matchup, he would not have a good game and he fucking sucked. Uh, three points was good for RB 47. My wide receiver. I had Tyreek Hill. This is where I need you guys to fact check me because I have him as wide receiver 21, just finishing outside the top 20.
2: Yeah. he's. I show him as 22. 22? 22. 22. Yeah. Below, just below, I have Robbie Anderson, Landry, Metcalf, uh, Olamide, Zacchaeus, and then Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek, okay. So correction, Tyreek Hill finished as wide receiver
1: 22. Uh two spots outside the top twenty, which gives me the victory, even though he didn't have a bad game. Caught a touchdown, got sixteen point, point four points. Didn't quite you know he didn't kill it, but um you know not not you can't really get pissed at sixteen point four, even from Tyreek. And my um, tight end, tight end I had a little trouble with. I picked the hawk strap. And he finishes tight end seven. So that is a big fat L, but that still puts me at two one and one on the bust. Cosby's deep sleepers. I went with Sammy Watkins. I, when I picked Sammy, I had the expectation that they were playing Sunday. They didn't play Sunday. They played Monday, but he sucked. <laughs> he finishes wide receiver 72, 6.3 points. He even put the ball on the ground in that game. Kansas City looked ugly in that first half. Um, took them a while to get it, get it rolling. Yeah, there just wasn't much to go around in that offense, believe it or not, when you really look at the stats. Um, and then my Samson's deep flex play, the pick of the week, I caught a rash of shit for this guy from who bench him, drop him. I don't want to name any names, <laughs> but, uh, I was told that, that get rid of him. He's going to suck. No way. He's going to do good. Just cause he caught two touchdowns in a row, two weeks in a row. doesn't mean he's going to do well. And yeah. He kept that streak going. He didn't catch just one. He didn't catch two. He caught three, baby. Three touchdown game, Monday night football. Tight end two, baby. Robert fucking Tanyan had a career game. If you played him, you're welcome.
0: That one game might have got him in the Hall of Fame. Like, they're they're fitting his gold jacket right now. If he catches one more pass, he's in. Like, I mean, it was fucking stellar. It really was incredible. I couldn't believe it. All right. So, while we're recapping the boom bust, I think it's only fair to point out that there were some beer bets last week. I bet Eric a beer that Deshaun Watson was going to bust, finish outside the top 12. The lucky fuck got it right. Barely finished in the top 12. Despite that soft ass matchup, cost Bill O'Brien his job, but. Deshaun Watson did not bust. That's Eric's beer. And I was pretty confident with Kyler Murray and his rushing work. And uh, I thought for sure he would still boom, finish in the top eight. And he most assuredly did not.
1: That's Steve's beer.
0: So I'm out two beers. That puts me at uh plus 1 beer for the season. Still riding high, but I ain't I ain't getting drunk on that, you know. I got to start winning some of these fucking things. So uh Don't
2: forget the uh off air beer bet that you lost off air beer bet. Kansas City beating the shit out of New England. What bet? The beer bet that we had that uh New England was going to lose or win the game outright or lose by less than seven they lost by 16 i made a
0: beer bet that new england would win that game
2: you did you you
1: did i can second that by the way
0: you know even at casinos there's a cutoff you
1: know i i have i <laughs> stumble, have to, I up to the fucking I think earlier beer. in the game I think um, beer influenced that beer bet. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I hated to take advantage of a drunk, but that's Steve's beer. <laughs> it's
0: yours. You want it?
1: <laughs>
0: I'll take your word for it. I'll have to go. Don't through the you, group don't you chat remember later.
2: trying to? We were trying to get a Tanyan bet going too, and I wouldn't take the ten points. I do remember the Tanyan bet. I do remember yeah, trying to do it that. Was, It was just before that, and I almost took it. I was trying to to get you down to eight points. I should have taken the 10 because it was a 30-point bet, but,
0: (laughs) you know. (laughs) And that's where we stand with the beer bets for the week. So now we're going to go straight into our mailbag. The mailbag. All right, so we got a couple emails this week. Unfortunately, I did not see them uh before we record they're actually from last week. So uh we'll answer their questions in uh basic generalities because we can't answer specific week questions. Uh I feel bad for not seeing them in time. I'm sorry. I should've <laughs> I should have been checking the email more frequently. I thought for sure that um I would get an alert and I didn't and that's my fault. I keep asking you guys to reach out. You did reach out. I'm sorry. So uh, this email is from Sean. He says, hi, Brian, Eric, and Steve. I have both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen on my team. Josh Allen for weeks one and two gave me more points than Mahomes. So, I mean, like I said, I feel bad. He is asking a specific question about week four, the matchups, but generally... You know, put yourself in his shoes. You have Mahomes and you have Josh Allen. Is there ever a week you bench Mahomes
1: for Josh Allen, regardless of matchup? Dude, the way Josh Allen's been playing, it's like, dude, the dude's legit, bro. Have you watched any of his games? Oh, he's playing bonkers. He, He looks fucking good, dude. Like, he looks legit. Like, if it wasn't for Wilson having such a fantastic start to the season, like, he'd be right up there in the MVP discussion. Like, he looks really good, man. Um, But it's like you said, like, is there ever a situation where you would bench Mahomes for Allen? Probably not. Um, Last week, he may have, though, because of the whole COVID crap. You know, (laughs) and how the Chiefs game was, like, kind of in limbo a little bit going into Sunday. And we kind of found out, like, around noon, maybe 1130 on Sunday, that the Chiefs game was going to happen on Monday. So... He might have just rolled with Allen last week to begin with just because he felt like, you know what, at least their game is 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 going and uh, probably worked out for him because I'm pretty sure Josh Allen outscored Mahomes.
0: I'm sure he won't be, but I'm sure he won't be benching Mahomes this week because I don't
1: think no. Josh Allen's going to play. Yeah, they kind of switch roles this week. It's, it's Josh Allen's uh, team that's kind of in limbo. But, I mean, if I was him, I'd have to think, like, I don't know. I'm assuming it's a single quarterback league. Like, yeah. I'd probably... Try to deal one of them, maybe if I could. And I know quarterbacks are kind of tough to deal, especially in you know the smaller your league, the harder it is to to really get much return for a quarterback. But you might be able to, you know. Obviously, people are going to see Mahomes' name, and, and you're going to probably be able to get a little better, better return, you know, than than you would from Allen, even though Allen is playing better than Mahomes right now, at least in, a f- in at least in the fantasy realm. Yeah.
0: So I mean my my general thought is that I feel like Josh Allen could turn back into Josh Allen at any moment. You know, whereas I only see Pat Mahomes improving from here. I only see him playing better from here for the rest of the season. So uh, if it's me, I'll I'll ride it out with Pat Mahomes and if it's a if it costs me 5 points a week, that's fine. But I'm not going to I'm not going to be riding the roller coaster when it goes off the rails with with Josh Allen. And it may not I, I I believe in Josh Allen. I've always thought Josh Allen was good, but Pat Mahomes is Pat fucking Mahomes. You know, what do you think, Steve?
2: So I've actually benched Pat Mahomes the last two weeks. Um, I benched him against Baltimore and I benched him against New England. How'd that work out? Well, Josh Allen had more points both weeks.
0: Well, you you didn't say for Allen. That's why I'm asking.
2: Oh, I, I've I had last week. I benched Mahomes in more leagues than I care to admit. Um, just because of the COVID thing, and for better or worse, I think I'm I probably went fifty-fifty on it with with the quarterbacks I started. But the the few that I started, Allen over, uh, he definitely did better in both weeks. I, I don't I don't get hung up on the fact that Mahomes is Mahomes. He's had he is Mahomes. He has great weeks. He has average weeks, just like everybody else. His average weeks are way less than most other quarterbacks. But if there's a matchup that I don't like, I will take him out of the, the lineup and I will put in somebody I think that has a better lineup, a uh, better matchup. I, I don't have a problem doing it. Lamar Jackson this week for me is on my bench because he's already, they're resting him. He's going up against Cincinnati. I'll put him on the bench this week. I might regret it. I might not. But against I'm Cincinnati? I'm afraid. It's a division game. Cincinnati's run defense is pretty good. I'll bench him. I don't have a problem doing that with any any of my studs. None. If if I don't like the matchup, I will put them on the bench.
0: I believe Cincinnati's run defense is like middle of the pack. Like, maybe they're a little better than that, and I'm just wrong. But you do know he throws the ball
2: too, right? I do. I, and that's fine. I But I'm not afraid to take the chance of being wrong and benching Lamar and putting somebody else in I'd so be terrified to be week. wrong
0: about Lamar. It could cost you 30 points.
2: <clears throat> so, if you look at the the quarterback scores in our league last week, if, when you get outside of Prescott's fucking whatever he's doing right now and you get out and Brady had a a, a way above average week and Rodgers has been doing fairly well right around the 35 to 40 point range. From 31 points down to 20 points is there's like over half of the quarterbacks. You got Breeze, Burrow, even Haskins had 24 points last week. So Mahomes had 24.6. Mm-hmm. So if I started Mahomes, he, he had 0.6 points more than Haskins, and Haskins blew last week. So it's it's just one of those things that there's not that many points in between Most of these quarterbacks where you can't take the chance on the guy booming uh, against a good matchup and and putting Lamar or putting Mahomes or one of those guys on the bench for a week.
0: That's what I don't get. Lamar Jackson isn't a good matchup. He's playing Cincinnati. He could have a 35-point week, and there's a big difference between 35 and 20.
2: There is, and he could have a big week, but I don't think that he's going to. I think he's going to have an average week this week, and I have better options. That I've been able to pick up on the waiver wire that I'm going to start. Fair enough.
0: You're you're the manager. You run your team. I'll run mine. So that's going to bring us to our last email of the night. This is from friend of the show Shane. He says, "Good day, degenerates. Bill O'Brien fired. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Bill O'Brien being gone and what that could do for the fantasy upside of Deshaun Watson? Do you think Watson is better off without Bill O'Brien?"
1: At this point, probably. And I mean, like, dude, Bill O'Brien literally should have been fired a while ago. I think we all agree. Mm-hmm. He was like, he's pretty much like, like, he, he ran into a, uh, he went into your kitchen. He's a raccoon and he went into your kitchen. And he just ravaged and ripped fucking through everything, ate all your food, left it all over the floor. <laughs> and then he just bailed. Fuck you. That's what he did <laughs> to that team. He's setting Miami up for such success, dude. Miami has their first and second round picks this year, dude. And they are 0 and four. Like Miami's looking at probably having top five, another top five pick. And yeah. He, he he paid Laramie Tunsil uh, several million, I think believe four or five million over market value. Yeah. Guy negotiated his own contract. He didn't even have a fucking agent. <laughs> uh, he just gave. I mean, he gave just gave Watson big money. I mean, I guess you could say Watson's, you know. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he sucks. He doesn't look at this year. I just think year. he's kind of shitty. Why? Well, I I I just think he's in. It's it's product of what's around him. Like I mean, I do think that with Bill gone, I do think that team is gonna kind of turn a corner. But it's it's too little, too late. In the same sense, you know, like then I'm making the fucking playoffs. Um, start 0 oh four. I mean, it's tough enough to make it when you start 0 oh three. Yeah, no, their
0: playoff hopes are more um, or their or less Their playoff dead. hopes
1: are shot. And, um, I mean, I do think Watson will play better now. I do think that team is is going to play with a little more pride because from what I've read, like, he's pretty much lost that team the last couple weeks. Like, then, then you lose the team, then I'll give any you 100%. percent hmm
0: That's going to bring us to the second part of the question. He wants to know about the return of Flacco. Is Joe Flacco good for Le'Veon Bell if he returns? Uh,
2: Joe Flacco's not good for anybody. I'm yeah, not even but gonna he's waste so time. bad.
0: Do they lean on Bell a little more? Or?
2: No. The the only way that Bell's going to be fantasy-relevant is if or when Adam Gase gets fired. That's that, my thought. Simple fact. It, it doesn't matter who's throwing the ball or handing the ball off. It, it could be a fucking gorilla. If, if Adam Gase is there, Le'Veon Bell is not going to see the field, and he's not going to be a fantasy-relevant player. <laughs>
0: So that answers that question, and quite effectively. So let me ask you the more important question. We talked about this on the last episode. How the fuck does Adam Gase still have a job? How is he not the first head coach in the unemployment line?
2: So Gase is a co- a coach of a team that has an owner that lives in another country. <laughs> he has a good relationship with the owner. Um, they think the world of him. Whereas Bob the Builder was not thought of well with uh, by his owners and has repeatedly been in arguments with him over the last you know several weeks, months, whatever. And <clears throat> it's just a matter of really the relationship that you have with your boss. I think that's the only thing that has gaze still there. I don't know how much longer that that can last with how bad he's managed that team, but we'll see. I mean, stranger things have happened, I guess. I mean, there's other coaches right now, I think, that are on the uh, the roster bubble ahead of him, which surprises the hell out of me, but <laughs> it's not going to shock me anymore. It's,
0: it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. So uh, that's going to bring us to our last question of the email. Dwayne Haskins gets benched for Kyle Allen. Can Allen bring some fantasy relevance to the Washington offense? Does it negatively affect McLaurin? Eric, what are your thoughts on F1? I know he's your boy.
1: I'm not worried about Terry. Uh, it don't matter who's throwing the ball. Obviously, I there's quarterbacks I'd prefer to have. Is Haskins one of them? No. Not the way he's been playing. He hasn't looked good. Um, but I I like I said, I I I me, I'm a a, I'm just a fucking Stupid ass football fan who's a fantasy football junkie. I, I, but from my perspective, I don't really see why, why go from Haskins to Allen? Yeah, it doesn't
0: make more sense. I don't,
1: I don't see like a huge talent difference. And it's like you said, they just spent the first round pick on Haskins last year. He hasn't even played a full season, full season of games. Like week five, you're pulling the plug on him already, dude. And I'm reading reports that he was getting uh, – he's pretty much buried on the depth chart. Like the, Smith was getting more reps. Allen was getting more reps. Some dude on the practice squad was getting more reps than him in practice. It's like, what the fuck is going on? I, I, I don't know if he pissed off the coaches. I don't know if – this could be something that isn't just uh, linked to talent and how he's been playing on the field. Maybe he's just – not picking up the playbook. Maybe he's getting a little, I don't know, a little erratic on the field. I don't know. Yeah, it
0: does seem sort of lateral, if not possibly a step backwards. Um, Steve, do you see this affecting Antonio Gibson?
2: I think the whole move has a positive effect on all of the offensive players on Washington's team. The The simple fact of the matter is this, Haskins was drafted by the previous regime. Allen was drafted by Riverboat Ron. Ron loves the kid. He was forced to put Haskins out there because they spent the first round pick on him. They gave him a leash and uh he's just not that good. So it wasn't very long. <laughs> it, it it wasn't, but sometimes you don't need to to see the same thing over and over to know that it's just not going to work. So uh, they've they've made the change that Ron wants. He brought Kyle Allen in for a reason from Carolina. So obviously he saw something in the kid that he drafted. He brought him with him to the new team just in case the quarterback that they already had didn't work out for him.
0: Well, I mean, I I saw something in Kyle Allen last year. I saw him suck. I mean, that's what I saw. I don't him make get. Christian
2: McCaffrey one of the best running backs in fantasy ever.
0: Well, I'm I'm loving the prospect of Antonio Gibson. I'm telling I, you that. I
2: right also now. saw him make DJ Moore. Uh, extremely fantasy relevant, as well as Curtis Samuel. Well,
0: let's not let's not confuse fantasy football with real football. Ron Rivera does I, not care about our lineups.
2: No, but I don't care about the Washington Redskins real football team. I care about what they do for me in fantasy. Because <laughs> I'm not a Redskins fan. Uh, I, I mean, whatever they the are. Washington, Washington football, football team, team sir. Don't care. I do not care. They've been the Redskins for a thousand years. They can still be the Redskins. It doesn't offend me.
0: Well, as long as you're not offended.
2: That's all that matters to me. (laughs) (laughs) So the Washington football team. uh, I think Kyle Allen really boosts the fantasy relevance of all of their offensive players because of the fact that he will throw the ball downfield. I think DJ Moore proved that last year. So I think that really benefits F1. I think it benefits Steve Sims. And I think it, it benefits Logan Thomas. So I think Gibson's extremely relevant now. I think it boosts his because Kyle Allen's not going to tuck and run. He's going to look for the dump off. Yeah. We know that. We we have a whole season of history of that. So uh, I really think that if we get a serious boost now with those players.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I don't know about F1. I, I think his move's kind of lateral. I don't think it gets a boost. I don't think it hurts him. Um, I think it's going to be more or less more of the same, I would think. I think Gibson could get a big boost out of this, which would be great to see. And um, Well, you
2: got to figure, too, though, Brian, with them being able to throw to other targets, that F1's not going to draw all of the coverage now. And that's where he's going to get the boost. Well, they, you they, know, they
0: still don't have any other wide receivers. <laughs> I,
2: mean, <laughs> I mean, Steve Sims is not—he's a, a decent number two wide receiver.
0: Uh, a year and a half says otherwise. I mean, I, I I liked the prospect of Steve Sims developing, but he hasn't developed. He he looks the same. He
2: he looks. He's been hurt this okay, year. At best. And the end of the season last year, he was coming on quite well. So, I, I'm I'm on the Sims train. I think if he's healthy and with the right quarterback, that his numbers are going to go up, and I think it's going to help M- McLaurin.
0: Like I kind of I I get the whole idea of like, all right, you know what? I'm not sticking with this dude. I didn't draft him. I don't care about him. But like, why bench him for Kyle fucking Allen? Like, if you drafted a kid in the fourth round, or you drafted Dak, you know, and it's like, all right, well, you know, I got this kid who looks really good in practice. You know, I I don't care. I don't care where we drafted Dwayne Haskins. I'm gonna try him out. And you plug in the the later round draft pick to see what you got. That I can get. You know what you have with Kyle Allen. I don't. I don't understand benching Dwayne Haskins. For Kyle Allen. That doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. And it never will. Because it doesn't make sense. Period. So. uh, Now we are. We don't have time for everything. So we're going to have to. Go into our breaking news. Once again.
2: Breaking news.
0: So we once again. Have a COVID alert. We have found out that more Titans have tested positive. Their game is now in jeopardy. Their game has officially been moved to Tuesday, which I have i never thought was a real possibility. But that game is only going to happen if there are no more positive tests. I don't think there's a realistic chance that that happens. I don't think the Titans are going to play. I don't think the Bills are going to play. The Patriots game has been moved once again to Monday at 7. I'm not sure if that game's going to happen because that game requires no more positive tests. So it's like, what are they going to do if if they start canceling these games? You know, And uh, I happen to know that one of the things that I heard on the radio today from a league source was that the NFL will cancel these games and... They will decide playoff seeding by winning percentage. So, the game that the the team that has COVID will take the L, but the team that they were supposed to face will not get a win. And then they will decide the playoff standings by winning percentage instead of record. It sounds insane. Uh I don't like it and it means you're not going to get makeup games from these fantasy players, you know, Stefan Diggs is going to play one less game this year, period, end of story. And, you know, what do you think this does for the season? I mean, how do you handle this as a fantasy owner?
1: Well, uh, first things, for, I'm going to slip this in real quick. That Monday night doubleheader, that shit was awesome. I wish they would do that more often. Yeah, right. Um, 7 o'clock I really start, it. was sick. 7 o'clock game, yeah, it was pretty sick. Um, I wish they would just kind of make that more of a, Hopefully, maybe next year, maybe they'll be like, huh, that was a good idea. Maybe we should do that more often. Um, but as far as I know, too, this hasn't really been set in stone yet either with the winning percentage playoff. It's kind of just been floated around. It's been floated, correct. But it's it's still kind of in discussions. It's like you said, it does suck. Are we, now are we talking fantasy or are we talking real football? Yeah.
0: So I'm wondering what the fantasy implications are for. I mean, because obviously your championship game is week 16. So if you have all of these players you know missing games because of covid i mean it's right now it's only two teams that probably aren't going to play up to four teams that aren't going to play but we're also getting into bye week season you know eventually somebody might be struggling to fill their their starting lineup so as a fantasy owner what can you do about
1: this i i can just hope that you know we tried to do it with my league um kind of set up a you know a, a temporary 2020 roster outlook and uh, nobody wanted to add roster spots. Um, we'll see if it's going to come back to bite some teams in the ass. It very well might, because I don't think this is stopping anytime soon. It, and it's like you said, it's it's almost unfortunate because like, you know, some of these teams and some of the, you know, say you got a guy like Diggs, like you said, or you got a guy like Josh Allen, who's been playing really well. And like, you might end up getting screwed and not having him for two weeks, possibly three weeks. and. It, <sighs> I'm seriously wondering if by week seven, if they're going to put the league on hold. Um, I think if this keeps trending the way it is, I I think that's on the table as well, other than the playoff changes, Um, which hopefully if that does happen, hopefully all the other league commissioners out there listening kind of have a contingency plan as far as payouts go and, and how they're going to handle it. If they're just going to pause it with the, with the NFL and kick right back up when they, you know, start the season up again, and just plan. If you haven't planned yet, plan now,
2: because yeah, it could, got to be it ready could continue that. to get worse. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate that because what I think Tennessee's game is going to get canceled. I, I think that's the only thing that's going to that, <clears throat> That's the only thing that's going to happen with that. They're going to cancel the game. Tennessee's going to take the loss, as they should for practicing. Uh, even though it wasn't sanctioned by the team, get some control over your fucking players, man.
0: I don't believe that for a second either. Do you know where they were practicing? The GM's kids' high school.
2: Yeah. So it's a private practice set up at
0: at his kids' high school.
2: Sorry. A little bit too big of a coincidence. Yeah. It wasn't a group of, it wasn't a couple of guys that wanted to go out and throw the football around. So fine them, give them the loss. It's it's unfortunate for the Bills, especially because they're 4 0. They're going to get screwed out of a win. It's even more unfortunate for the people who have those fantasy players on their teams because you do lose those players for a week just like it's a bye week you know so unless they decide to give buffalo this week as their bye which only affects us in fantasy it doesn't help them as a team uh, for their regular bye week correct
0: plus i mean you can't make it their bye because they won't have an opponent
2: right for what would be their bye Unless
0: they' Correct. Uh, I mean, unless they're gonna make Tennessee, but Tennessee already has an appointment for that week, so yeah, you can't,
2: yeah, the, this is that and that we talked about this um last week or the week before about what are what are they gonna do when a team has a second week that they gotta make up, so this is that week, mm-hmm. I, I really don't expect the Titans to not have another positive test between now and Tuesday, no, so, I don't buy the it Patriots. Either are, are going to be in the same boat, I think, as far as more positive cases. Although Cam went the full week with only having one after the, you know, Gilmore after the game. But let's face it, Gilmore was all over just about every offensive player in Kansas City mm-hmm. during that game. So, you know, there's a good chance that if he had it and while well, he does have it, um, that he's potentially spread it to, a good portion of the Kansas city offense over the course of one night. So it's just going to blow up from here.
0: That's the other part of this that has kind of cropped up is that now there are rumors swirling that the Titans knew something was wrong before they went to Minnesota. I don't know what that means. That's what I heard today was that, the NFL was investigating the Titans withholding information, whether that means somebody was sick and they wanted him to play anyway, or they knew that one guy was sick and they just told him to stay home, but they didn't test everybody else or didn't report it. I don't, I don't know what it means. But there's also the rumor that the Patriots knew that Gilmore had had dinner with Cam Newton the night before he tested positive, and that they looked at their opponent, saw they were playing Kansas City, and said, no, he's coming. They put him on the plane, flew him to Kansas City because they wanted him to play the game. And, I mean, w- we need to be wary of, of what kind of consequences are going to come out of this. As, as owners, we need to be monitoring that because if these, I mean, they're, they're talking about dropping the fucking hammer on these teams. And well, I, I don't know what that means. You know, uh, are they going to get kicked out of the bubble, so to speak? You know, kicked out of the, the season? I, I don't, are they going to have to forfeit games? Are they, it, it's, a, it's a scary proposition.
1: From what I've read and heard, I heard it, it, it typical NFL fashion. It's going to be very hefty fines and, and losing draft picks. But I've read that it's not just going to be like third, fourth round picks. Like, no, they're going to come after first rounders, second rounders. Like, um, I believe Oakland, uh, uh, Las Vegas, whatever the hell they are now. They're also under a bunch of heat, too, because uh, they have to keep, uh, what's his name there? John Gruden keeps violating the mask policy and constantly putting his mask down. And I guess that they're gonna be coming down on on the Raiders pretty hard I've heard because he's gotten gotten several warnings and to be honest like pro-COVID shit it hurts my brain like (laughs) eh.
0: (laughs) well see that's the thing it's it's probably hurting theirs too you know and it's like I don't think they want to drop the hammer on anybody well maybe Goodell does but I I think that they're looking at this like yo you guys need to straighten the fuck up or we're not gonna have a season you know and I mean not that the NFL owners give a shit about us ha- being entertained and all that or, you know, people losing their livelihoods that work in these stadiums. They're sitting there going, hey, fuck face. This is how I make a living. You know, you're costing me money if we don't play these games. I want that TV revenue. So put your mask on and go out there and play. So I think the owners are going to push for hefty punishments, you know, unless it's your team. <laughs> but, you know, th- they don't want to lose their revenue. That's all they care about. And if if they think they can make an example out of a couple of teams that made a couple of mistakes or in the case of the Titans, maybe withheld information and purposely put people at risk, I I think they're going to do it in a heartbeat to protect their
2: revenue. The thing is this, right? So you have individuals and it's it's several individuals. It's not just one or two coaches. It's not just a couple of players. you're, You're looking at like 3,500 people that are in these franchises interacting with these players on a daily or weekly basis. This includes the referees. It, it's a substantial amount of people to try and lock away in a bubble and keep them away from any public influence. You'd have to have private jets for them to travel around on or private buses. It, it's a logistic nightmare. And we talked about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but we're getting to a serious point reality in the sport that if they want to continue the system, I mean the season, they're going to have to do this. I mean, it worked in basketball. It's worked for hockey. Granted, they don't have the number of players. But if they want to continue with this season, they have to do something.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the the, the teams are just too big, though.
2: So I, I don't know what the answer is because, like I said, logistically, it is a fucking nightmare because of the number, the, just the sheer number of people between your coaching staff, your uh, your players, the agents, the referees, and all the people behind the scenes that move this team from one stadium to the next to play a game on Sunday or Monday. So you're looking like, like I said, thirty five hundred people, and that's probably a low number. It's a lot more. So than that. I did the math the other day. It's just uh, it's, 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 it's crazy. O- it's
0: almost six thousand for the, for all yeah, thirty two teams. Yeah, and
2: that's I, I can. Perfectly get on board with that, being a, a a close number. So how are you going to take 6,000 people and completely cut them off from the rest of the world?
0: And not to mention, like, where where are you putting these people that they're going to be able to play each other in one weekend? Where are their eight football stadiums?
2: Oh, there'll just be more in uh, Los Angeles. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> there's got to be some fucking
1: middle-of-nowhere fucking... Secluded place in Texas, or something that has like 20 stadiums, maybe not that many, but
0: yeah, but then they don't have the hotels.
1: You could go home, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they the love that field of dreams Texas.
0: cornfield, <laughs> yeah. <Field of> dreams. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, you probably could go to like a, a Texas or another southern state where high school football is really big or whatever. I mean, it's probably the same size field, I think. I don't know much about high school football, but you know. You could you could play the game in a, in a in a field like that, but you don't. But in those little shitheel towns south of the Mason Dixon, you don't have
2: the hotels to house six thousand people. No, but Brian, you could you could get into places like uh, where some of these some of these college football stadiums hold, you know, 100,000 people. They're they're huge facilities, and you can put yourself in an area. You know, say say in the the Southeast Conference, where you have Alabama, LSU, Georgia, all these stadiums within a couple hours, and you could centrally locate everybody around those stadiums and, and just bubble them in that area and, and play those games. But it's still it's not enough.
0: It's not enough if you're going to bubble them all in one sp- in one place where you can have a regular schedule. You basically you basically need sixteen stadiums at your disposal, sixteen fields they don't have to be stadiums because there's no fans anyway, right? So whether it's a fucking high school or a college or a professional stadium, you just need fields, but you need like sixteen of them, and you need to be able to house six thousand people.
2: Well, you don't need sixteen of them anymore because you're, you're getting into bye weeks now
0: it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. they have to stay in the they have to stay in the bubble
2: right, and I get that. But you don't—they're not all going to play every week now, because you're, now you're into all the bye week schedules. So you're going to lose anywhere from two to six teams every week, which is one to three games. So you realistically only need probably twelve stadiums to get through the rest of the season. But even finding an area that has the availability of those, it, it would have had to have been something that was planned. Yeah. You know, in May, in, in May, not week five. Yeah. So.
0: Plus, I mean, they, they are playing college football, are they
2: not? They're, they are some of the, I believe a lot of the, the teams are now having a season all of a sudden.
0: So, I mean, that's the other thing is you, you need fields that are available. You know, you can't just find them and say, all right, we're all set. You know, they, they have to be available. And I, I just, I think th- I just a lot of people have brought up the bubble and I just, I don't think it's realistic. I I, I don't see a way to possibly make that work where you could put all these people in one spot and be able to play every game. And like, I understand the bye weeks are coming up, but they don't have bye weeks for the first four weeks and they don't have bye weeks for the last, the last four weeks. So uh, eventually you need 16 stadiums. And I just don't, I don't see where you have the capacity to house that many people and the playing space to play that many games all at once.
1: They'd have to have multiple. Like if they were going to do a bubble in the NFL, they'd have to have like three or four different sites. Like they'd have to do like, uh, let's just say Dallas, LA fucking Jersey. And then like another state, like they, they wouldn't be able, like you said, they wouldn't be able to cram 32 teams in the one area.
2: No. And they would have to, um, you you would have to travel to those stadiums in a private setting and, but this is all stuff that had, would have had to have been planned over the course of the off season. It's not something that they're going to be able to just implement in week five. They'll have to shut down for a month or two, figure it out, figure out how they were going to do it and then make it happen. But I, at this point in the season, I don't see how it's feasible whatsoever to do something like this. It's just one of those things that it worked in other sports, but they took the time to plan it. Uh, it's not like, you know, they, they stopped basketball for what 3 months and then went back to playing. It it's not like they just stopped one week and then the, the next week these guys are or 2 weeks later they're all in the bubble and they're all set. So, yeah. And basketball yeah. just called the season. They said, "Fuck it, we're calling the season." And they had like a a, a
1: little mini play-in bracket yeah. for like some of the teams that were kind of on the cusp of making to the playoffs and
0: So, I mean, but like basketball, I think we can all agree basketball's a lot easier, right? basketball courts everywhere and you only need to house 20 people per team
2: <laughs> yeah no it, it but that's the thing brian it, that's why i'm saying the, the logistics of trying to do it with football is astronomical and it yeah. would have had to have been planned months ago you can't just implement it now
0: i just uh, that's kind of what i'm getting at though i i, I don't i think you could have had 10 years to plan it and you wouldn't have got it it's just i just don't think it's possible i don't think it ever was i don't think it ever will be
1: that's that, I guess.
0: All right, so <laughs> so that's enough of that bullshit. And that's enough COVID for one fucking night. Let's get into our head. To, let's get into our head-to-head recap. Head-to-head recap. So, I gave you my. Uh, I actually did worse than usual. I've been going four and two this week. Three and three. I called myself beating Justin. I was right. I picked the underdog, Steve. To beat Eric, almost right. Had it not been for Robert Tunyon, <laughs> I picked uh, Dicky to beat Nate because Nate's squad is decimated. Got it absolutely right. Uh, Jared over Mike. Who'd have guessed? Right, worst team in the league loses. Shocking. I picked Brian Martin to beat Adisa, and I believe I said by a landslide. Wrong. Adisa won. fucking won, dude. Martin, you should be embarrassed, dude. Embarrassed. And I picked Shane to beat Ricky, and Ricky won. No shame in that one. I mean, Ricky's got a pretty decent little squad. I didn't like the matchups, but his players came through. Steve, how'd you do?
2: So I've been doing very well in the head-to-heads. I think the last two weeks I went 6-0. and And this week, not so much. Uh, this week I went 2-4. and four. I got uh, your matchup right. I picked you over Justin. That one I got. I, I picked myself over Eric. And as heartbreaking as it was for Robert Tanyan to blow up and, and bring Eric to victory, I'm quite happy that it happened just to prove you wrong. Yeah, that is satisfying. It, it was extremely satisfying. You're not the first to, one to tell me that. <laughs> to, to, to wake up that morning to see that I had lost, and it was because Tanyan had like 35 points, I, I got up and met the day with a smile. <laughs> so my, uh, with the matchup with Dickie and Nate, I picked Nate. Because I said if he put Julio in, I'd pick him. I did. He put Julio in, and he still lost. Hmm. And that's why I hate Julio. <laughs> Not the only reason. But. <laughs> uh, the Jared and Mike net matchup, like I said, I probably will never pick Mike this season. And uh, Mike lost. Picked Brian Martin over Adisa for the same reasons. And Adisa's actually, his squad finally. Put up the points. They didn't. Uh, they didn't stop. Right at the last half point. So he had a he had a good week. And then I picked Shane over Ricky. And like you, I liked Shane's matchups. They just didn't pan out. Two and four.
0: Hmm. Eric, how would you make out, kid?
1: Um. I also had the Jeff Fisher treatment, and I went five hundred. I went three and three. I picked myself to win over Steve, and I had to die on that Robert Tanyan hill, like you have already alluded to. And uh, I did what smart fantasy players do, uh, which for the record, I saw a lot of you degenerates not do last week. And that is I put Devante Adams into my fucking flex because just in case if he didn't play, I don't have to just play a wide receiver. I can play running back. I can play a tight end. And I picked up Tanyan on Saturday because I knew I was, uh, that was my backup plan. I said, if Adams doesn't go, I'll flex Tanyan and just hope for the best. And I see it every week, dude. People tie up their flex spots. I saw somebody tie up both of their flex spots on a Thursday. I think it was Jared. Like, dude, (laughs) don't do that. Like, seriously. Fucking be smarter than that on Thursdays. Move you guys into their positional spots. Leave the flexes open because what happened to me might happen to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Tanya killed it. He saved my week pretty much straight up. Absolutely saved my week because uh, me and Steve had a shootout. We had the shootout of the week. I picked Justin. To beat Brian and Justin's team is still waiting to get on the field. (laughs) Because Justin's team laid a huge stinker last week. Um, What did he have? 70-something points? Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, it was was bad. Um, So I got that one wrong. I actually... Very rare. I picked Nate to win. I thought he was going to upset Dickie. Didn't really come close. Um, Got a loss there. Everybody... All three of us picked Jared to beat Mike. Jared beat Mike. Uh, Mike, I I don't know what the fuck he was on, but uh, he totally forgot about his lineup. He left a couple guys in that he shouldn't have. Michael Thomas. Raheem Mostert. Yep, so Jared got the win there. Brian Martin got upset. Adisa, good for you, buddy. Uh, That fucking kid has had two brutal losses, and then he comes in week four and beats the top team in the league. Uh, I don't know. I was happy for him because he, he he had a couple of fucking tough ones, man. Finally gets off the mat, gets a win, upsets Brian. There are no longer no there is uh, no longer any undefeated teams left. Everybody has at least a loss now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and it's all thanks to your boom wide receiver. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Odell had almost forty, um, pretty much carried him to the win. Yeah. And the last matchup between Ricky and Shane, I went with Ricky. And I pretty much simply just went with Ricky because I said, this is just Ricky. This is what he does. He just gets lucky and he wins these matchups. And it's kind of what happened. Um, His team just did play a little better than Shane's. I mean, 20 points better. Usually he gets lucky when I mean, he gets lucky. It's usually like he wins by, you know, a couple points because his defense gets like a fucking interception to end the game or something to give him the win. But Ricky got the win. So I went three and three.
0: All right. Perfect. So, um, I think that's going to be it for the week four recap. Steve, do you have anything you want
2: to add? No, I don't. Um, Stay healthy and uh, enjoy Thursday night football.
1: Eric? Uh, Nope. Just, you know, hopefully good luck. Hopefully you guys can dodge that COVID plague that's hitting. And, you know, you don't get – hopefully you're prepared. And, you know, you have backups. So these guys like Allen, Diggs, uh, I don't think anybody really owns fucking Tannehill. Um, you know, hunt, uh, Derrick and Hunt. Oh my God, I almost said Hunter Henry, Derrick Henry. Um, (laughs) you know, and just good luck and and let's just pray that somehow that this this can tread uh, the other way. You know what I mean? It looks like it's this this COVID uh pandemic is treading uh, in the wrong direction right now in the NFL, and hopefully it can, hopefully they can fix it. Hopefully they can figure something out and get a little stricter and get a little tighter and contain it better, and yeah, we can actually finish the season
0: yeah I'm hoping that you know they make Tennessee sit out this week, and then it Tennessee gets right back to normal- Patriots are contained, and we can we can move forward here, you know and not have this go from team to team to team. It's spread like wildfire, you know, so that is going to do it for the week four recap. as always, we can be reached by voicemail at 508-343-8010. give us a call. Leave us a voicemail, ask us a question, tell us we're right, tell us we're wrong, whatever you guys want. Uh, we can be reached by email, which I will be checking, uh, at dddfantasyfootball@gmail.com at I really appreciate the emails, dude. I feel like such an asshole for not seeing them on time. I can't even tell you how bad I feel, so I'm sorry to the guys that sent them. Uh, there was one I couldn't even read because it was like so week-specific, I'm sorry. I'm really, I really truly feel bad. I do. I beg you guys every week to reach out. You guys reached out and I didn't read it. I'm sorry. Um, but that is going to do it for the week for recap. And as always, we thank you guys for listening. Have a good night and don't forget to set your lineups.